heights to the depths of the when the Lord spoke to Solomon the second time, he says, he built, so he built the temple and finished it, and he paneled the temple with beams and boards of cedar, and he built the side chambers, etc., etc. Then verse 11, then the Lord, word of the Lord came to Solomon saying, concerning this temple which you are building, if you walk in my statutes again and keep my commandments, then I will perform my word. And it, and it just continues to go on. All exclaiming in his Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. You are amazing, God. If you walk in my statutes, this was a conditional promise to Solomon and his descendants. God promised an obedient Solomon that he would reign and be blessed, fulfilling the promises God made to David about his reign. He also promised that his special presence would remain among Israel as a nation. There are essentially the same promises of the old covenant made to Israel at Sinai, but this was an important reminder and renewal of previous promises. We as believers in Jesus must also be obedient in order for God's promises to be fulfilled in our lives. Now here's Pastor Rob. Do was speak to it, and you struck it twice. Christ was not struck twice. And in fact, in Corinthians, it says, now, and, and here's what it says in Corinthians 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, Paul says to them, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers, and he's speaking here of the Old Testament during the time of the Exodus, that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. But with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things have become our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Now, it's really interesting in verse 6 of 1 Corinthians 10 when it says, Now these things became examples. In the Greek, the word is typos, where we get our word type. It was a type. It was a, a foreshadowing, a, 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 a stamp, if you will. It was a, a resemblance, a sample of what was going to come. In fact, it was a type, uh, a, a person or a thing prefiguring a future messianic person or thing, which we know was Christ, as we read in 1 Corinthians. So it was all a type. And so types are important. And so when they had to create or to make this temple, it was quarried somewhere else and those materials were brought and even in that, we see the type of just the Spirit of God doing things quietly and peacefully in which temple we are. And I love the peace that he gives us. And see, the more that we allow Christ to live in us and to, um, to rest in him, the better off we are going to be. But see, we create problems for ourselves when we um, 
we get distracted, we watch too much news, we do this or do that, and we find ourselves not really at peace anymore. And it's because we've got our eyes off of him and onto other things, so much so that these things are rattling our cages, and he wants us to be right here where he can just speak peaceably to us. And that's something that we really need to take a look at today. Perhaps many of you are struggling with these kind of things. I know I struggle with these things. I'm no different than anybody else. I have my, my struggles and I get distracted. And, um, you know, it's something that we need to take a look at, though, because God would have us to have more peace than what we have right now, I believe. Much more peace. But so many are so frazzled about politics and other things. And you know what? And, and let me just be honest. The, the, there, there are things to be concerned about. Don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean that you stick your head in the sand and act like nothing's happening. No, you don't do that. But you can be aware and you can still have the peace. You just got to fill your head with the word of God and not fill your head with all the other junk. And it is junk, by the way. It's junk. It's not going to do anything for you. Be aware, but take a light touch on that stuff because it's going to take your peace away and you're willing to give it away. Each of us willingly give our peace away. And it's time that we not do that. Especially now. We need to be be centered. We need to have our anchor. Who is the anchor of our soul? Is it Fox News? God forbid. No, the anchor. (laughs) I got it on my shirt. Anchors and crosses. The anchor of my soul is Jesus and is your anchor as well. So let's act like that. Let's take him for what what he says. Lord, you're my anchor. But going in back into verse 8 now, it says the doorway, he's describing these different layers these different, these, uh, of these three stories. The doorway for the middle story was on the right side of the temple, and they went up by stairs to the middle story, and from the middle to the third. And so he built the temple and finished it, and he paneled the temple with beams and boards of cedar, and he built side chambers against the entire temple, each five cubits high. And they were attached to the temple with cedar beams. This is about seven and a half feet uh, high and perhaps uh, around, that, around that height. And then the word, notice verse 11, the word of the Lord came to Solomon saying, concerning this temple which you are building, notice the conditional statement, if, underline that, if, if you walk, if you walk in my statutes, if you execute my judgments, if you keep all my commandments and Not only keep them, but walk in them, and then underline or circle this phrase, then I will perform. Is that a conditional or unconditional promise? It's conditional. Because there's a condition attached to it. If this, then that. See, when God makes promises, they're either one or the other. They're either conditional or unconditional promises or when God tells David, David, this is what I'm going to do. Abraham, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do it. There's no condition attached to it. This is what I'm going to do. It's just that simple. Regardless of your performance, this is what I'm going to do. But there are other things like this where he brings conditions. Then I will perform my word with you, which I spoke to your father David, and I will dwell among the children of Israel and will not forsake my people Israel. And, um, you know, when you think about these conditional promises, you know, I'm going to read these and you can write them down or you can listen to the recording later and, and write these down because I'm just going to go through them rather quickly, okay? But I would encourage you to write these things down because I had a ball 
going through and, and, and making this list for you because I was really enjoying it myself. But there was a, and, and really what the, these verses that I'm giving you, it, it really it, it gives even more accountability to not only David but to Solomon. So let's talk about just the promises that God gave to David concerning the temple, specifically in his son sitting on the temple. Of course, I've told you 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12 through 16, that's the Davidic covenant, where he says, When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed after you who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build me a house for my name. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father. He will be my son. And if, here it is again, notice, if he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the blows of the sons of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. So there's certain parts of this promise that are conditional and certain that are unconditional. When God says, I'm going to establish your throne forever, that's a conditional promise. But there may be a time where your sons aren't sitting on the throne because of your rebellion. And that's certainly no. We know that through history that that's exactly what happened. Now, 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 4, God speaks to Solomon concerning what God had just spoken to David. What I just read to you, the Davidic covenant in 2 Samuel 7, in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 4, David now speaks to Solomon privately and tells him these things, what God had told him. So now David's accountable, and now Solomon is accountable. And then it goes on in 1 Chronicles chapter 22, beginning in verse 7. Now David exhorts Solomon uh, privately again to keep the Lord's commandments. And then in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 3, David now speaks to all the leaders of Israel with Solomon present the very same thing. Do you realize how often now this whole thing has been repeated? First God speaks to David. David speaks to Solomon. David speaks to Solomon again privately. And then David speaks to Solomon and all of Israel together and tells them the exact same thing. And why is it? I think God knew what was coming. <laughs> and again, he doesn't waste words. He told them this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. This, ah, we heard, it, we heard it the first time. God, that's okay. We got it, man. We got it written down. Been there, done that. I got the shirt. And God's like, no. <laughs> I'm going to tell you at least four or five more times. And you know what? You're still going to blow it. Because you're not dependent upon me. Because of your rebellious heart, you are going to fall away from me. In 1 Chronicles 28, verse uh, 3 through 7, uh, let me just get to verse 6 of that. Let me read something to you because, again, um, God knows what's coming. So in 1 Chronicles 28, verse 6, says, Now he said to me, and this is, um, this is David speaking to all the leaders of Israel. He says, Now he said to me, speaking of God, God said to me, you guys, It is your son Solomon who shall build my house and my courts, for I have chosen him to be my son, and I will be his father. Moreover, if, more, I'm sorry, excuse me, moreover, I will establish his kingdom forever. And if he is steadfast to observe my commandments and my judgments as it is this day, notice another condition. I will do this if he does this. 
And then God comes to Solomon specifically. We already read this in 1 Kings chapter 3, beginning in verse 4. What did God say to him? And I'll just skip right to verse 14 of 1 Kings 3. He says, so if you walk in my way, Solomon, and this was the dream that God had given to Solomon when he was in Gibeon after he did all these sacrifices after his, after his coming into the, to the, his reign, God spoke to him and said in verse 14 of 1 Kings 3, if you walk in my ways, and I imagine Solomon's going, oh my gosh, I've heard this. Lord, why are you saying this to me? Don't you trust me? <laughs> and I can almost hear the Lord say, No, I don't trust in man. And neither should you. People think just because you're a Christian, you should trust everyone. Oh, I trust it. You're a Christian, you should trust me. Well, you're a criminal. Why should I trust you? You've already been busted three times for drugs and stealing. Why should I invite you into my house? I don't trust you. You're a Christian, you're supposed to trust me. No, trust is earned. I'm sorry. But then, so he says, if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes, my commandments, as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Well, David, well, Solomon's days weren't lengthened, were they? I don't even think he made it to his 70th birthday. God didn't lengthen his days because he didn't follow the Lord's commandments. In 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 9, it says... Um, when the Lord spoke to Solomon a second time, he says, he built, So he built the temple and finished it, and he paneled the temple with beams and boards of cedar, and he built the side chambers, etc., etc. Then verse 11, Then the Lord, word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this temple which you are building, if you walk in my statutes again and keep my commandments, then I will perform my word. And it just continues to go on. And finally, let's read... Um, 1 Kings chapter 9. And I want you to take specific... note of the conditional phrases. 1 Kings 9 verse 1. It says, And it came to pass, when Solomon had finished building the house of the Lord and the, king, and the king's house, and all Solomon's desire, which he wanted to do, that the Lord appeared to Solomon, notice the second time, we already read it in 1 Kings 3 where he met him the first time. Now he meets him again the second time. And he, as he appeared to him at Gibeon, and the Lord said to him, I have heard your prayer and your supplication that you have made before me. I have consecrated this house which you have, put, uh, which you have built to put my name there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there per perpetually. Now, if you walk before me as your father David did, in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I commanded you. And if you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom over Israel forever. As I promised David your father, saying you shall not fail to have a man on the throne of Israel. But if you or your sons at all turn away from following me and do not keep my commandments and my statutes, which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods, and worship them, then I will cut off Israel. There's all kinds of conditional promises here. Then I will cut off Israel. And that's exactly, folks, what will happen. And what is going to happen in Israel's history. And we know this because we, 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 we've, we've heard it. And Solomon is hearing it again. How many times has he heard this? 
I think God's trying to get his attention. Is God getting your attention about something? Has he told you? Have you been reading in the scripture and you come across a passage and you're like, oh, wow, I've heard that before. And it just kind of jumped off the page to me today. I wonder why that was. And then I was driving on my, in my car on the way to work and I heard it on the radio. The same verse was being read to me. There's something about this verse. And when you see and experience things like that, take note. And understand that God is trying to speak to you. He says, that, Then I will cut off Israel from the land which I have given them, and this house which I have consecrated for my name I will cast out of my sight. And he did that. Israel will be a proverb and a byword among all peoples. And as for this house, which is exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and will hiss and say, Why has the Lord done this to this land and to this house. And then they will answer, because they forsook the Lord their God and brought their fathers out of, um, who brought their fathers out of the land of Egypt and have embraced other gods and worshiped them and served them. Therefore, the Lord has brought all of this calamity upon them. And again, why is this such a big deal? Well, it's, again, it's accountability. God makes sure that we know the consequences ahead of time. He does this for at least two reasons. Number one, that we might choose to do good and not to do evil, thus obeying him. And secondly, that we won't incur the consequences of his wrath when we do. See, God is holy and there are consequences. He doesn't want you to have the consequences. He said, seek life, seek me and choose life rather than death. Seek life. Seek life. Very similarly, when the children of Israel were about to go into the promised land, you remember what God spoke to them. And this is one, another one of their unfortunate faults. And I, I don't mean to bring out their faults because we all have them. But they're written here for our learning. And if I learn from this, then praise the Lord. But notice what God says in Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 16. And this is something he told them in advance, and they didn't do it. And they reaped the consequences for it. But he told them... Before they came into the promised land by the hand of Joshua, he said, But of the cities of these peoples, which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance, you shall, not, you shall let nothing that breathes remain alive, but you shall utterly destroy them, the Hittite and the Amorite, the Canaanite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, the Jebusite, just as the Lord your God has commanded you. And why is that? Because, lest they teach you to do according to all their abominations which they have done for their gods, and you sin against the Lord your God. God gave them plenty of time to turn from their sin. Remember that in Genesis 15? God says the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. You're not going over there yet, but once it is full, I'm going to cause you, Moses, to come, or I'm going to cause someone, and he's speaking about Moses, then I will deliver your people when the iniquity of the Amorites was full. When it had gotten to the point where they were like beyond, God had had it, basically. He gave them hundreds of years to repent. They did not repent. And God says, okay, now there must come judgment. And he used his own people as the hammer of judgment against those seven nations that I just read to you, the Canaanites. And they dispossessed their land because of their sin. And God gave them everything that they had planted, all their vineyards, all their houses, 
all that stuff. He gave it to them. Why? Lest they do according to their abominations, which they have done. And this is why laws are so important to any society. People need to know where the boundaries are and what the consequences are for crossing that boundary. That's why we as parents, you know, with our kids, we have to do this for our kids. We have to place boundaries. That's why even local and federal governments have laws. They are boundaries. If you run through that red light, you're going to get a ticket. And if you do it enough, you're going to get your license revoked. And you won't be able to drive again. Those are laws meant for good. Because why? It's very simple, actually. If you go through the red light, you and somebody else could very well die because somebody else is going through a green light. Makes a lot of sense. So I obey the law. And I live. <laughs> and I'm, I've got much more money to be taxed with and give back to them. No, I'm just kidding. So, but even biblically, it makes sense. So, so Solomon finally, he builds this temple and he finalized it. He finished it. And he built the inside of the, of the temple with cedar boards. And from the floor of the temple to the ceiling, he paneled the inside with wood. And he covered the floor of the temple with planks of cypress. And then he built a 20-cubit room at the rear of the temple, at, which is uh, 30 feet Uh, from floor to ceiling with cedar boards, and he built it inside the inner sanctuary, which is the Holy of Holies, as the most holy place. And in front of the temple, sanctuary was 40 cubits long, or 60 feet long. So that's called the holy place. It's twice as long as the Holy of Holies. And so the inside of the temple was cedar, carved with ornamental buds and open flowers. All was cedar. There was no stone to be seen. Do you know what cedar smells like? Doesn't it smell beautiful when you have like a cedar chest? Think of a whole, a whole temple, limestone, already chiseled out. It's all perfect. And then on the inside, you got these paneled cedar walls and ceilings and floors. And the, air, the, the aroma coming from that. And then they're going to overlay that with gold. Watch what happens. So the inner sanctuary... I'm sorry, excuse me. And he prepared the inner sanctuary, or the Holy of Holies, inside the temples to set the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord there. And the inner sanctuary was 20 cubits long, or 30 feet. If you do 20 times 18, 18 inches divided by 12, you get that, you get 30 feet. And so he overlaid it with pure gold and overlaid the altar of cedar. And so Solomon overlaid the inside of the temple with pure gold, and he stretched gold chains across the front of the inner sanctuary and overlaid it with gold. The whole temple he overlaid with gold until he had finished it, all the temple. Also, he overlaid with gold the entire altar that was by the inner sanctuary. Speaking of the altar of incense, right, at, right in front of the Holy of Holies, so inside the, sanctu- the inner sanctuary, he made two cherubim of olive wood, each 10 cubits high. So in this 30-foot cube, or holy of holies, he created these cherubim. Now, one thing you have to understand is, you remember the Ark of the Covenant. It was a gold box, basically, right? And in it was the, the, two, uh, the t- two tablets of the Ten Commandments that God wrote with his own finger, right? I'd love to get a hold of that and take a look at that. Because there's going to be no chisel marks, do you understand? No chisel marks when God writes. <laughs> okay? But, so the, the two tables of stone are there, and then the mercy seat on top is built of all one piece with gold cherubims overlooking these angels with their wings overlooking in, looking down upon the mercy seat where the high priest would offer blood once a year on the Day of Atonement. But they were looking at that mercy seat 
I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 1 Kings. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as our location, service times, information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, and information regarding Bread of Life Academy, our new school opening in the fall of 2023. Just click the school link at the top of the page for more information. Additionally, you may also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play Podcast or Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.